Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, and of course on Twitter. My username on all these platforms is identical. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. AZ or Z, depending on your country, R E N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social network is. Again, that is spelled A Z or Z R E N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. So, the first thing I want to talk about today is a definition of immersion. It's interesting, whenever you mention immersion to a lot of language learners, I think all of us, or a good percentage of us, our minds automatically jump to traveling to another country so that we are physically immersed, quote unquote, in the target language. For example, if you're learning French and you're talking about immersion or being in an immersion setting, people will often picture something like traveling to France. Or if it's Spanish, it might be like traveling to Mexico or to Spain or to Colombia or to whatever country. And this of course, is a form of immersion. I have done this form of immersion many, many, many times in my life for various different languages. And I think it can be very effective. But I think an important thing to realize is what immersion really means is that you are spending a significant percentage of your time, quote unquote, immersed in the target language. That does not mean you necessarily have to travel abroad. Not necessarily. I think there's many ways that one can be immersed in a language without necessarily traveling. So I'll give a couple of examples. You can simply take online classes for a significant number of hours per day. You could take out a one, you could take out like a weekend, you could take a three week period, a two week period, uh, the whole year, and you could take every single evening three hours of back-to-back online classes. And you could structure those classes in a way where you're doing grammar practice, conversation practice, all the different types of practices that you would like to be doing. This is a form of immersion. Myself, one form of immersion that I like to do is friendships. So friendships, I'll, I'll often try and make, make friends who speak my target language, and I will spend time in that friend circle. So most recently in Calgary here, I've met by a little bit by coincidence, a little bit by my own actual efforts, a bit of a mix of the two. I have met some people, like a good chunk of people who are native Mandarin speakers and we have become friends. So I spend time with them basically every week. Like I, on New Year's Eve, for example, spent the entire New Year's Eve with some Mandarin, Mandarin speaking friends. There were some other English speaking friends there too, but it was easily on New Year's Eve, I would say 50 to 70% Mandarin. And that was great. I got a lot of practice. I learned a lot of new words. I got to do some listening comprehension. It was really great. It was a fantastic experience. And I've had that experience with every single foreign language that I have ever learned in the past. And so immersion, you know, I, I just want to address this topic because I, I believe that some people jump into thinking that they must travel. And while that is an option, you don't have to travel. There are other ways you could be doing, let's call it local immersion. You could become immersed 
to an extent in your target language, you know, from the comfort of your own city without necessarily traveling abroad. I think this is good. I think this is good news for a lot of people because some people find it more difficult to travel because of their life situation, because of their because of their financial situation, because of whatever reasons. And so I wanted to make sure we kicked this podcast episode off with a reminder that immersion does not necessarily incorporate travel. Now, while we're on this topic of immersion, I actually want to go a little bit deeper into that topic. And I want to talk about the first time that I went to France. Um, the first time I was in France, not as a tourist, was when I was 15. I spent three months there on a French exchange trip. So as all of you or many of you know by this point, I lived with a French family for three months. I uh, was going to a French school. It was really, really, really immersed in the French language and I learned a lot. And during that trip, you know, while, you know, many people would attribute, how do I say this? When I went to France, my, my French level exploded and I went from somewhere of like an intermediate-ish all the way to pretty damn advanced in a three month window. And I think a lot of people, even myself for a long time, I attributed that to being in France and being immersed in the language. But the reality in hindsight, I think one of the things, one of the things that I don't talk about very often and was one of the most significant contributing factors to me achieving such a hyper amount of growth in a reasonably short period of time was that I had one core friend that I, that I hung out with a lot when I was in France. We were friends, we spoke in French. He, sometimes he would say things I didn't understand and I would ask him what it meant. So for me anyway, you know, just going back to what I was saying in the, in the first chunk of the podcast, I, I said it in passing, I think friendship is, an, is, a, is a strategy worth considering when it comes to learning another language. Friendship and relationship and relationships in general could be ro romantic relationships, friendships, you know, those relationships go a very long way. And, and for me anyway, is, is one of the, one of, one of the really big keys to achieving fluency in another language. Uh, changing gears a little bit, I want to talk a bit about my personal life here. So we just started 2020 and, you know, it's January 2nd as I'm recording this podcast here. And I've got a couple of cool things that are coming up this year. So first of all, I will most likely, it's not set in stone, there's a chance it will not happen, but I'm pretty sure at this point that I'm going to be traveling once again to Taiwan. Again, as I said, it's not set in stone. It's not something I'm definitely going to do. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm leaning towards going to Taiwan once again. I think one of the things that I, I'm not sure if people realize about me is that my travels are, are basically designed to help me accelerate my progress in different languages. A lot of people travel for vacation purposes. A lot of people travel for cultural awareness purposes. They travel for holidays, they travel for volunteering things. Everyone has different reasons as to why they, they like to travel when you talk to travelers. And myself, my big reason for traveling, there are many, but one of them is that it helps me accelerate in the languages that I am trying to learn. And so I was thinking about my Mandarin and I was thinking, you know what? Like I know if I go to Taiwan and I structure my trip in the right way, just like all my other trips where I've gone to China or, or France or Peru or different places, I think I can structure it in a way where, again, I take a big leap forward in the span of a month or two. 
um, hyper-focused on learning Mandarin. So this is something that I'm considering and again, not set in stone, but I'm excited. I think it's something that I'm going to, that I'm going to do. And this time around, I think I would like to see different parts of the country. You know, again, going more in the travel direction, I think when you talk to different travelers, we have different types. There are people who try and get, who try to see as much as they possibly can in the short period of time that they are in another country, which is fantastic. And then there's people like me, I'm kind of the opposite. I will travel somewhere for a month and I sometimes won't even leave this, that one city. Like I will spend a whole month in a city because I am more interested in seeing and experiencing just regular day-to-day -day life in that country. And I'm more interested in that than I am traveling around and seeing all of the touristy sites. It, it just, uh, it's just what interests me more. And because of that, this time, if I go to Taiwan, I, I actually would like to go and travel a little bit more in the country because last time I was there, I just didn't travel a lot. I was almost entirely in Taipei and I was just studying and just having a regular day-to-day -day life because as I said, that is what interests me most typically when I am traveling to another country. So that is a personal update that I am pretty excited about. More of a businessy update that I'd like to give you guys is I am I'm really, really focused on growing in, in a couple of different ways in my business. So I think right now, one of the big focuses is increasing the number of students that we have. Um, right now, if you look at how many students that myself and my few teachers that we work with, we probably have about 50 students, 50 active students a month, meaning 50 people a month, give or take, who are actively taking classes, um, which is fine and that's really good, but I want to increase that overall number. And we've been employing a few different strategies and tactics to be doing that, which is exciting. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they work out. And then additionally on the business side, and this is maybe a good lesson, life lesson, business lessons, even language lesson. I think it's just a good thing. It's a good thing to be aware of is that I have been making, I'm, I'm basically decided I need to make less assumptions. You see for the past few years, right? I've kind of structured my payments in terms of how people pay me, pay me for classes. I've structured it in a way where you pay me for a few months at a time. I was like, Hey, you're going to pay for an hour a class a week. Um, it's going to cost you this much and you'll pay for two months or you'll pay for three months. And I've gotten into a rhythm with that, which is fine, by the way. And the result of that is that most people, when they send me money, when they pay me for services, it ends up costing, give or take, I don't know, $500 kind of on the higher end, $600 on the higher end, like something like that on the higher, higher end. That's typically what it ends up co costing people. Um, and then obviously there's lower end people too. But I was like, wait a second, why am I structuring it that way? Why am I making the assumption? I was basically operating under the assumption that this is how I have to structure things. But there's other ways I could be doing things too. And I hadn't really thought about that. Like, why don't I have $2,000 packages? Why don't I have $5,000 packages? Why don't I have, why don't I even have that, those kinds of higher end options? I have lower end options. I have kind of these medium end options that cost three, four, five hundred dollars But why don't I have something that costs five, ten thousand dollars Why don't I even offer that? It makes absolutely no sense. The reason was I hadn't even thought of it. And I just made the assumption that people wouldn't want to pay for something like that. But there are people who will pay for stuff like that. There are people who will pay for immersive classes. There are people who will want to pay 
three thousand dollars for for like a significant number of class time with x number of extra resources and and blah 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 there are people who will do that right there are people who might even travel into calgary to be like hey i want to come learn learn english for six months let's put together some kind of program while i'm there like i'll pay you 10 grand for that or eight grand or five grand or four three one like so I think it's a good learning point for me that I've been thinking about and perhaps a learning point for everyone else listening to this, you know, especially if you if you're self-employed, like I think making assumptions for the other person is never a good idea. Like just have various different options and let people pick what is best for them. And I think one thing that I'm focusing on currently is just making sure I'm always increasing the number of ways and options that people are able to learn language. This is why I have the online the online classes that are free because some people maybe don't have the money. And so if there's a free online class, that's great for them. Some people have a lot of money and they want actually some very personalized types of services or they want to dedicate some real financial energy towards that. And so I need to have $5,000, $10,000, $8,000, $4,000 options for them. Some people are gonna to wanna to spend, um, want group classes, so I need to offer group classes. Some people are scared in group classes or have a work schedule that doesn't allow it, so I need to offer private classes. Some people have, it's an on and on and on and on. Some, you need to have different options for different types of people because everybody learns differently. And so this is something that I'm, I'm quite focused on right now as we are in 2020. Anyway, we'll wrap this podcast up here. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate your attention very, very much. And we will talk very, very soon. Bye for now.